This is a station-wide announcement. Would anyone with a ship docked at the station please report to the Hutton Emergency Office? Repeat, would anyone with a ship docked at the station please report to the Hutton Emergency Office? Um, for everyone else, uh, please don't panic. There's no emergency. That's just the name of the office. But if you do, we'd really appreciate it if you could hurry. If there are any physicists, does anyone know what the mass of the station is, by the way? Uh, and now, back to our regular broadcast. Our mics are live. Good evening and welcome to Hutton Orbital Slightly Not Panicked Live. I'm your host, Rudolf Hucker, and I'm sure there's nothing to worry about. You heard the apology officer. That's, there's no emergency. Well, there might be a little bit of an emergency, but whatever you do, don't broadcast it. You see that winking red light over there? Yeah. The one that says on air? Yeah. Oh. How about you just squeeze a news article in? Um, why are station staff handing out emergency remlocks? Uh, news safety protocols, nothing to worry about. And uh, just to reassure everyone that things are perfectly normal and there's nothing to worry about, here are a few uh, headlines. Serious trouble on the horizon. Delayed action scrap attack is station shoved back. One failure leads to another. Offering Paladin space. Billionaire double parking slammed as systems jammed. I'm keeping one eye on the window and the other on hot and space. And I've got both eyes firmly focused on the community. First tonight, beleaguered megacorporation Sirius appear to be attempting to flex their might like one of those balloon animals squeezed at one end and bulging obscenely at the other this week. With ongoing debates about their presence in the Rayort system having clogged up Galnet news for the last few weeks, as well as ongoing grumblings about the political interference of Sirius in both local and wider galactic circles, they appear to be running a good old-fashioned border dispute to distract attention away from their own problems and foist off public opinion in another direction. Sirius have long maintained an office over in the AVIC system, one of Hutton's more boring systems, second only to LHS 340 and quite how dull it actually is. They have, with concerns that their offices in Rayort may be soon to close, been looking for a little pied-à-terre for their team, whilst things sort themselves out and have identified Avic as somewhere that no one would mind them taking over. Of course, they didn't bother checking who it actually belonged to, and as luck would have it, Hutton are actually quite fond of pointless locations and definitely don't want Sirius to have a go in Avic. <laughs> <laughs> 
a number of the Hutton custodians have dug out some old maps of Hutton systems, worked out how to spell AVIC and programmed it into their Galnav systems before popping over to keep an eye on things and let Sirius know in no uncertain terms that the system is off limits. Hutton's political wing are also said to be contacting local visiting factions including the Earth Defence Fleet and Independent Space Association to see whether they'd mind lending a hand keeping Sirius's wet nose out of everyone else's business. More detail later in this news bulletin from Juan Kerr. Not to worry anyone, but there's a lot of scrap heading this way. At speed. Space junk, usually reserved for orbital ship graveyards like Tianusla, there are certain other locations in the galaxy, but there is an excess of smashed up bits of ship just floating around the place. Places like Nabatian and Sugrovic. More on that later. And of course, Alpha Centauri. Boffins at Hutton were alerted to what looks like chaff on the long-range radar in the last week and sent ships to investigate. Dropping out just in front of the mysterious signal, the ships found themselves in a storm of space junk, derelict ships and smashy tons of scrap, all flying around at frankly ridiculous speeds in the direction of Hutton Orbital. Which of course, as it was travelling at a significant fraction of the speed of light, turned their ships into Swiss cheese on the spot. A second survey team was sent with clear instructions to fly alongside the mysterious scrap pile and scan it, and not directly in its path. This team have reported that long-range high-speed scans have shown that the cloud of detritus is indeed the remains of all the ships destroyed during the original Hutton run, plus their cargo. Which is mysterious as, by our calculation, other than the ones blown up just near the station, the rest of the scrap forms a great big long line of rubbish stretching from Alpha Centauri to Proxima Centauri, like a giant metal skid mark across the system. At this point, Hutton ran out of boffins and we had to contact Canon Interstellar to work out why the scrap was flying toward the orbital at such speeds, when it would arrive and whether we should panic now or soon. It turns out that despite frameshift rubs and resultant supercruise bubbles bypass the normal laws of physics, the trail left by the passing ships, this, this can be seen when flying in supercruises, ships pass you, creates a wake that attracts scrap from derelict frameshift drives. Like a very small magnet. With the number of Hutton runs performed over the last seven years or so, all these small magnets add up to a tide. And the tide is carrying all those scrap ships in the direction of Hutton. After a few hastily scrawled calculations in the back of a cereal box, Canon have informed us that within the week the tide of scrap will be arriving at the station at speed and if we don't do something fast, the station will be bombarded worse than planet Earth was when the belters decided to lob rocks at it. So we've decided to move the station, not far, just far enough that the passing scrap will shoot past the station and its orbit around Eden be captured by Proxima, and as with all good space scrap, be shot into the sun to keep it fueled for a few more minutes. Alvin has asked that anyone arriving for their non-existent free anaconda be press-ganged into helping shove the station as hard as they can on Saturday afternoon in the direction of Eden, then giving it a few adjustments to put it into a marginally lower orbit. If we can find 20 or so willing asps, then we should be able to move the station by a kilometre or so, which will be just enough. Of course, if Cannon's calculations are wrong, the Hutton Supply Depot is selling Remlocks, Escape Pods and the local Apex Taxi Service has put on additional vessels just in case. 
Yes, we're back in Paladin space again for yet another week of news from the war. I'm sure there was a movie about this. Something to do with an animal poking its head out of the ground to see if the EGU was still about, and if they were, doing it again every day until someone worked out how to break the cycle. After a little bit of a scare over in Nabatian last week, where the Paladins and Allies forget to defend Nabatian for a few days, then had to bring the big guns to bear, we're happy to report that the Alliance of people who don't like what those rotters are doing have kept a clean sheet in the battle zones. What's more, another avenue of attack has been identified. Not content with losing regularly, the EGU are losing by losing. It appears that they've been ingratiating themselves with the mission representatives in certain systems, gleefully taking mission after mission to help the Paladins, then mysteriously going missing, pulling a sticky, claiming that someone ate their homework and, of course, that the shipboard systems were corrupt and the mission instructions just vanished and, yes, they checked their deleted missions folder. Under Pilots Federation rules, missions that are failed in this manner are judged to be negative actions and the resultant plummeting influence is all as a result of this mysterious losing by the EGU who are attempting to claim they're helping, but are just so rubbish that it's all going wrong. We of course know that they're being sneaky, but in their case, once a loser, always a loser, and it seems that when it comes to losing, they're winning. A campaign launched this week, along with a petition, an open letter, some placards, a little bit of marching up and down, saying this sort of thing just won't do. And a little bit of tut-tutting on the part of commanders journeying around some of the more popular systems. Yes, fleet carriers. Derelict ones. Locked ones. Ones parked up for the weekend whilst the owner pops over to see their mum in a neighbouring system. Like VW camper vans around the base of Glastonbury Tor on a Midsummer's Eve, these systems are littered with the things. With no obvious way for passing commanders to see whether the fleet carriers marked as all ships welcome, complete with red carpet, souvenir shop, and a big flashing neon sign, or, or boarded up with planks nailed over the windows, and the interior looking like the set of aliens. People are grumpy. What's more, the Doom Brigade have begun postulating as to what happens when the systems that sell fleet carriers are full, and the one next door, and the ones where you buy the bits for your carriers. Could this mean that the bubble has a max carrier capacity, when all the systems are so full that there's no parking spaces and carrier owners have to search like weekend shoppers do at peak time, waiting for someone to start their engine and put on their reversing lights? Will fights break out as to who saw that carrier parking space first? Nobody knows. But the petition has been put forward of the Pilots' Federation that defunct and mothballed carriers should no longer occupy parking spaces and instead be removed from ship navigation systems and left to drift, with marker beacons and only visible to their owner. 
who would of course return to their fleet carrier to find that the windscreen wipers appear to have gained a set of leaflets advertising anything from religious redemption to free carrier windscreen repairs. Of course, this entire episode is turning into a class thing. The haves versus the have-nots. The billionaires and their money bags versus Joe Commander and his lonely Cobra. We, for one, would never be against even one pilot in a Cobra, as we remember how that ended back in the day. Each week, I always try to paint a pretty positive picture of the BDS, see the silver linings in those looming Lagrange clouds, and pick out the good in the organised chaos that is Hutton Space. Tonight, looking from the tiny round window in the back of Mop Cupboard Number 2, the galaxy has a nice rosy tint. That's probably mostly due to living in orbit around Proxima Centauri and the rare endemic mould native to this cupboard. Hutton has experienced what stockbrokers might call a bear market, but here at Hutton, we're certainly not in the market for any nudity or ursine purchases. This week's BGS good news story was that Barnard Star put on a whole five points. Well, gosh, crikey, that sounds just marvellous, I hear you say. However, you can stop grinning once you realise that a week ago it lost five points and we're back to pretty much where we started. Face pressed, hopefully, but forlornly against the glass ceiling, that is 30%. It's a good job that the other factions are equally bad, leaving Hutton barely 10 points above the squabbling rabble. Speaking of bull and bear markets, fleet carrier owners could be set to make an absolute killing as an infrastructure failure has hit three systems, including Barnard Star, so trucking water purifiers and power generators to relieve them, get us back on track and reopen those citadels of capitalism. The other two systems suffering infrastructure failures and next on the could-do-better list are PSPF-LF2 on 34 and infrastructure failure central itself WISE 0855-0714 on 36. This week's unexpected system in the basket case area and joining WISE 0855-0714 on 36 is AVIC. Serious corporations stormed to win three points of Hotton when we were sitting a comfortable 25 points ahead of them only a week ago. There's no point getting into a war with Sirius and fighting for a new asset either. It's Avic. There's nothing else there except Bruce Prospect. Just when you thought the gloom was over, a fifth and a sixth system are keeping each other company on 38. Epsilon Eridani continues to climb slowly away from the Mad Monks, and Wolf 359, which has been feeling a little below par for over two weeks, barely making par on 40, is its lupine sibling Wolf 25. Ross 671 continues to climb to 45 and can be considered out of the discomfort zone. Wolf 562 has fared considerably better this week as Hutton pushed to within seven points of Wolf 562 Major Inc., the current controlling faction, who have fallen below 40% for the first time in, well, forever. A good push this week could see Hutton within striking distance of that wharf control of that shiny, shiny system. 
At the overachieving end of the Hutton Systems table, we have just one system, LHS340, of 76 and none in the 60s. Just like eating crisps and pork pies on the back seat of a bus. Driven by a directionally challenged driver, we're playing the expand and wait game to see which dump we'll expand into next. Priorities this week are, if you want to truck something, fix the infrastructure failures in Barnard Star, PSPF, LF2 and WISE 0855-0714 and boost AVIC out of range of Sirius Corporation. If you want to shoot something, I'm sure the Paladins can find something to aim at. It's a good job that the galaxy is so big, or else there wouldn't be enough room to fit all these events in it. Stand by for news about... All the clouds in the sky, the Magellan experience, the Nexus exploration, New Year, New Discoveries 3308, celebration of early astronomy 4, Phoenix Frontier, yet another Bandit Racing League event, Trip Omega, and a report of the Buckyball races going back to Pareto. Links will of course be posted in Twitch chat and also in the description of the YouTube upload. Commander Deluvian's expedition All the Clouds in the Sky has been playing with Tharg and his minions as he explains. Expedition Day 156. We are still in the Pleiades again due to other events. I'm a bit stuck and cannot really spend enough time on the expedition. However, it looks like crew members have not been wasting time, at least some of them. Commander MiskBS, for example, has went back to working on his combat rank and, you know, when in the Pleiades, infested with Thargoids. The scouts keep on bothering us every now and again, but MiskBS decided to pick up a fight. I did consider the area as dangerous and last week I went back to Shinrath Desra to obtain some AX weaponry. I came back last night and found MiskBS getting his vessel ready. We teamed up and flew as a wing into the Astrope system. The hunt began and oh boy we are rusty. I never considered myself as a combat pilot but if you additionally do it only once in two years. Yet another thing is that AX weapons do not come gimbaled, only turreted or fixed. I bought two sets for both options but yesterday really wanted to try the fixed ones as they carried much more punch. After an hour I get a bit used to it but it really is a challenge for me to fight like this. Also, my guess is that it is not very revolutionary to say the Ferdalance is one of the best combat ships out there. I love my The Last Shadow. It takes a bit of getting used to, but once you get a grip on it, it's so much fun to fly and fight. Due to some additional events in the galaxy, my standard online transmission for Thursday is postponed till Friday, but we should have already tried to move towards the Aries Dark region. Stay tuned, Commanders. The Magellan experience knows what it's like to cross a vast space filled with nothing to see or do. Like a teenager in the backseat of on any road trip, as Commander Richard Fluinet M tells us. This week on the Magellan experience. 
we've been busy jumping the void between Hawking's Gap and Lyra's Song. In truth, nothing of great importance has really happened, finding few things in the void. The three expedition carriers have crossed the void, followed slowly behind by commanders. Unfortunately for me, as of last week's update, I couldn't find a Dryman's Tenebrae Highway between the void, as star density became impossible to connect. However, I am currently working on a highway that passes down the very edge of the arms that would require a 75 to 80 light-year jump range, allowing 160 light-year jumponium jumps. I'm not quite finished on this trek, but next week there will be more news, so stay tuned. Commander Caboose has a short update from Nexus. Operations aboard the Legacy continue as normal. A civil war has broken out at the Gary Huggins location, and while the fleet carrier is avoiding entering the conflict to remain neutral, the war has slowed down its preparations for departure. The Gary Hogan will now depart a week later than originally scheduled, pending the status of civil war and if it can resume normal operations prior to departure. Commanders taking part in New Year New Discoveries 3308, a fleet carrier equipped trip to the core and back, are jumping, jumping, jumping. And they've told us... This is our second to last mass jump on our expedition. We're currently in their final week of exploring and everyone is eager to get home soon for Thargoids. Members of the expedition Celebration of Early Astronomy 4 are enjoying seeing up-close stars and systems that their distant ancestors had to imagine and write about. Commander Kesika and her teams have issued this communique. We're coming to the conclusion of Leg 3 of CEA 4 and we still have so many places to cover, such as BD plus 41 4004 a system within the Jewel Bug Nebula. This nebula is another record setter, one of the visually brightest and one of the smallest. It was discovered in 1878 by Eduard Stefan at Marcel Observatory. We also have Perseus OB1, the brightest member of the OB Association. It is a cluster of massive O or B class stars and many, many lower class stars. NGC 40, the Bowtie Nebula with a dash, is a planetary nebula discovered by William Herschel in 1788. It is apparently one of the hottest known stars, and its estimated death in about 30,000 years will leave behind a white dwarf about the size of Earth. And finally, our base camp in the Vale West Nebula, which apparently is the remnants of a supernova. It is in the Cygnus constellation as, a vis as the visible portions of the Cygnus loop. 
We actually hit an NBORO optional waypoint during the, this leg as well. NBORO standing for not based on real object. Uchodi AA-YC17-1's second planet is a class one ringed gas giant that is apparently a glowing green gas giant. And Kesika and her crew would like to thank Commander Sylvie, Sky Toucher, Fedmahank, Ragnar 102 and Merlin San for the screenshots. Commander Content has been in touch with news of Phoenix Frontier, which has helped which has planned to help map undiscovered systems and lead explorers up the Orion arm of the Milky Way, paying visits to notable sites such as Sagittarius A and Colonia, all with, without fleet carriers. Commander Content says with Phoenix Frontier approaching its ending, I would like to thank every commander that has taken part in its glorious journey so far. It was definitely a hell of a ride that led us up and around the galaxy, led us to discover many systems and bask in their uniqueness. With that said, the next generation to en- uh, sorry, the next expedition to encompass the galaxy will be coming soon. It is still in development, but will lead explorers to help with detailed searches of areas we marked of interest during Phoenix Frontier. We thank all the commanders that have taken part again. It was an honour flying with you all. Fly Dangerous, all seven. Bandit Racing League event we mentioned is getting closer and Commander DB Exterminator wants to send a nudge. Greetings, Commanders. Just a reminder this week of the upcoming race with the Bandit Racing League. It will be on 5th of March at 2000 UTC and the winner will receive a special prize. Stay tuned for more. The latest Titan Contractors event, Trip Omega, is underway and Commander Radium wanted to update us. Take to the stars and journey across the galaxy in Titan Contractors' biggest expedition yet. Trip Omega is Titan's fourth and biggest expedition spanning a staggering 84,000 light years of space with incredible bubble sites, alien ruins, nebulas, strange life forms and stellar phenomena all within reach thanks to our fleet carriers that help unlock the trip for all to participate. Trip Omega now moves slowly as we do only do one job per day but we are doing daily posts on Galtwit about the POIs, including some nice images and the POI location. We're also giving trip challenges to a shot where people can submit cool pictures and potentially earn rewards for them. Still fi- trying to figure out how much interest there is in it, but we made a tweet about the first challenge as well, which is exclusively available on the Discord currently. I'll finish with a reminder that the trip kicked off on Saturday, but it's still open to anyone. Phase 3 Plus, which is our long journey to Colonia and beyond, only starts on April the 2nd, so there's plenty of time for people to prepare for that sightseeing trip. And lastly this week, a reminder of the Buckyball Races event that Alec Turner told us about. It's the first race in the Magic 8 Ball Championship. It's begun, but you still have time to enter. This race, entitled Back to Pariso, is being hosted by Mal for the Win, 
and there's a rerun of the 3305 classic Full Throttle at Pariso. The race runs from 0001 UTC Saturday, 12th of February, until Sunday, the 20th of February. And Alex says... One thing I will say is that at some point we have to stage an intervention, as sadly Commander Psychit has come down with a condition we're all too familiar with, Buckminster Fullerene Syndrome, an extreme form of addiction where it becomes physically impossible to do anything other than race round and around the same buckyball racecourse, frantically trying to improve your time. Other symptoms include lots of swearing and hands prematurely clenched into the shape of a joystick. That's a whole lot of events, but have we found them all? If you know of any we've missed, then please email I took part at huddenorbital.com to let us know about it. Gary Hogan. I went to school with him. At the Leavers dance, he downed a bottle of Thunderbird and fell into a biffa bin. Harry Brogan used to work in the biscuit factory until he was caught lying under the jam dispenser for the jammy dodgers. Harry Grogan? The, the guy who won the lottery and spent it all on sugar-free gummies? He's in that circus on Lave. Um, calls himself uh, the galaxy's most gelatinous man. Ah, no, Bunty Wogan. Ah, Bunty knew how to show a guy a good time. I had to get a cream from the doctor and the rash didn't go away for three weeks. Barry Drogan. Last time I saw him, he'd left on a mission to bring bagpipe music to the Thargoids. They ate him. (laughs) Probably a good thing too, judging by what you said about bagpipes last week when we were off air. What did you say to that poor bagpipe player? Oh, dear. Oh God! He was. I went past uh, the w- week after. He was still there. <laughs> she just said to him, "Did you know any tunes?" So uh, I just Scottish <laughs> oh, social distancing. <laughs> anyway, yes, it's us, and we're back in the studio. Why? That was a that was a full community section there, and thank you very much to mm. all the uh, community teams that send in all these expeditions, and to Commander Alec Turner for racing round and round and round, round. and round. And, and of course, and the Gary Hogan. We don't know whether Gary Hogan's a ship or a person, but it, it, you know, there's news about Gary. Hamster. <clears throat> mm. Gary Hogan would be great. I, I portrayed it as a fleet carrier. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 that, I, that is questionable. I mean, who calls who calls their fleet carrier Gary? I mean, really, it's. <laughs> oh, Gary's a fairly common name. Yeah, yes. if you're a snail yeah. that lives, you know, under the sea. With a sponge and a starfish. Yeah. 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 It's just, you know, when you know, when they're flying back to their carrier and everyone says, Okay, get on Gary, there's lots of connotations that <laughs> yes. could be there. But all mm. aboard, Gary, yeah. Everyone get top of the Gary Hogan. Mm. Oh, Gary's out of fuel. Yes. Anyway, has anybody Gary's walking around inside Gary yet? No. Gary, no okay. Barry, no. It's, it was yells of Barry at Glastonbury, if I remember right. Out, out on the campsite, everybody just for some reason everybody yelled Barry. Um, well, anyway, <laughs> I'm, lo- uh, I'm oh. looking forward to seeing Gary's interior soon. Oh, oh. 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 
his ready room. Where is Nancy. Gary's ready room? <laughs> yes. Yeah. We need to know more about Gary. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. so if anybody knows more about Gary, please do tell us who is Gary. Um, right, well, it, it's us, and we're without uh, Commander Palantir this evening, who has other duties to perform, but we do have an Amelia. Good evening, Amelia. Hello. Are you still busy scribbling away at your uh, your mighty toes? <laughs> I, I am. <laughs> yes, I am. Out of seven, mm. how, how, what kind of score would you give yourself? At, at the moment, um, we are on three out of seven. Um, just about to move into four. Right, and then you break out the colouring pens and the crayons afterwards. Yeah, yeah. It's all crayons from here on in. It's great fun. I can lend you my Sharpies that I had left over from my my Ed Sheeran colouring book. I mean, there's no oranges or reds or yellows, but the rest of them are all still working. Can you you save me the blue ones? The blue ones taste the nicest. Oh, do they taste the nicest? Yeah, they make you hyper, don't they? I thought that was smart. Oh, okay. Anyway. Anyway. Um, yeah, well, so, yes. so, Amelia, I'm assuming, given given that you've been locked in a room doing lots and lots of scribbling, that you've not had any time to try out mining recently? I haven't, I'm afraid. I haven't in quite a while, actually. I've been neglecting my ships. Oh, well, I've been well, neglecting uh, the Ermintrude. There's, 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 a, there's a wave coming through from the green, green room here. I can see Commander Nick Shepard um, has waved at you and said, Hello, from the Paladin Consortium, through the window. I think he's, I don't know who he's waving at. He's waving at one of us, anyway. Um, any, anyway, and we've also joined by the apology officer. Oh, hello. Uh, oh, oh, hello. Um, hello. Uh, and what have you been up to? Uh, I have been uh, up to doing some, uh, did some runs for the community goal, um, bringing in coffee because I knew that's what really needed. You know, um, if you're going to build, if you're going to build these extra offices on the fleet carriers, um, you need coffee. You, you know. need coffee. Well, yeah, you, you need you coffee. Need, yeah, I find First a good supply of coffee, and I just kept going. Yeah, but yeah, you'll get the shakes. You know, docking when you've got the the caffeine shakes is is never. Well, a good it's thing. you know, I mean, it's it, I've I've brought in. I think I brought in somewhere in the region of about seven thousand tons. So, no, it was eight thousand eight thousand tons. So you know, once oh. they've used that, they can pack it together and make the walls of the office out. Yeah, I mean, eight thousand tons of coffee. That's just about one. <laughs> One that last, that last is the yeah. whole week, yeah. Yes. You can have decaffeinated caffeine all day. Decaffeinated. Decaffeinated <laughs> caffeine, yes. Just yes, distill the essence feet. of it, yeah. Yeah, just get the caffeine out of it and drink the caffeine. And this was this was last week's CG? Uh, yes, the one that finished this morning. Oh, and when you was going to finish this morning, come oh, on. Yeah. Flossie, you're not supposed to hit me with that thing. You're supposed to hit him. Yeah, but I had behind you, and you're much bigger than me. So you know, <laughs> go for go for the easy target. What, 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 what are you saying about my lockdown? Everyone's bigger than you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that 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 part is true. <laughs> anyway, there are, there's a school children at primary school that are bigger than me. Keep taking my lunch money. <laughs> it was them other kids. Yeah, uh, we were also joined by the mustachioed commander chicks. Hello, hello, and how the devil hello. are you? Oh, very good, thank you very much. How the devil are you? Oh, well, not not too bad, not too bad. Um, what have you been up to this week? Have you been partaking of any of the activities? I no, I haven't. My uh, my my asp is parked. Oh, it's somewhere the other side of. Oh, the monkey said Neblia. Um, no, I've been. Uh, oh, I, rem- I remember I mean, the last time I went to Neblia. Neblia. <laughs> Yes. Um, <laughs> no, was, I've, wasn't that see, one of the characters in Guardians of the Galaxy? Or am I, am I thinking of? Oh, yeah. I have no idea. 
I've been uh, I've been season two of Warzone came out this week, so I've been uh, shooting lots of people in the head from long distances. Oh, you've been using your what is it, the Manticore? Um, uh, well, yes, the the Warzone, the long range plasma yes. thing. Mm. Yeah, or the equivalent Great of. Great fun. Yep. Yes. Yeah. I've done lots of that. Well, it sounds it sounds all right, and and also it's good fun. we're joined by Commander Flossie. Hello. And so, obviously, we have got an update on last week, as spoiled completely by yes. the apology officer. Uh, and <laughs> is there new stuff to talk about this week? Are we are we got a, a a big section here? Are there any specially augmented whatever's with a half or um, anything fun happening this week? Yeah, we've got we've got Mossages this week. Ooh. Um, other than that, have you been? Now, I, I heard a rumor, Flossie. Yeah. I heard a rumour that you took one for the team. Oh, yes. <laughs> You've been out with your big lens again, haven't you? I have, yes. Yeah, well, well, you know, this Palantir, you know, he likes me to get pictures for the CG. Does, does he now? <laughs> he does. <laughs> he likes or it the didn't pictures. happen. And if I don't have any pictures posted but you know, by, by sort of late afternoon, he just starts poking me and said, Oi, any pictures? Yeah, right. Well, so... <laughs> You, I mean, you're obviously you were wearing a like, your maverick suit, I assume. So you were looking, you know, not particularly uh, deadly. No, I was wearing <laughs> You were you were in your onesie. Okay, so you went out to a settlement in your onesie, and you took your big camera with a big long lens on it. And we understand mm-hmm. that some nearby security personnel may have mistaken your big long lens camera for a deadly weapon. I think he may have done. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Did you get a stop and search, or was it just sort of arbitrary? Oh, nope. look, it's flossy. There's death. Well, it, it was a war going on, and I'd gone in, boldly going in. <laughs> no, uh, you didn't get you didn't get the drop ship over, did you, to the war? No, I landed in my own ship, uh, drove over in the SRV, and then walked the rest of the way, jumped up onto a roof to take pictures, and. Uh, Within a couple of minutes, I found myself sort of seeing all this red around my eyes. You, you got red on you. And, I mean, do we know which <laughs> side in the war it was that, you know, um, actually attacked you, or was it just all of them? Well, I'm not sure what sides they are. Um, I noticed this one, it's one that's going on, well, there was rumours of it starting last week, but it actually started today. And, uh, I, I mean, I didn't even pick a side. I went in... If I thought, usually, if you don't pick a side, they don't attack you. Plus, did you not have? Did. Were you not wearing sort of like a like a navy blue flak jacket with press written on it, and you turn up <laughs> like a white apex <laughs> taxi? Maybe with I press try and get something side. like that. Mind <laughs> you, everybody sees that turn up with a bat. Yeah, and Flossie says press here. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you, you know what would have saved yeah. is, is is a festive green combat sweater. No, I've, I've, oh, I've never died now. one since I put that thing on. Those, those things, or, or a pumpkin head. If you'd worn the pumpkin heads, yeah, or the cat hats. <laughs> pumpkin heads and cat hats are, are definitely the way oh, to go. Oh, the cat, no the one cat did, hat. Yeah, I, no suppose, one, I suppose I should have worn my maverick suit, but I never thought. Well, you need to go and visit some of these engineers and get yourself some stealthy footsteps and, um, you know, can't you get stealthy yeah, footsteps? Yeah, I haven't, I haven't gone into that yet. Uh, right. yeah. well, you, you can stealth yourself up quite well. The other one is, did you have your shield on? No. <laughs> That's probably I wasn't, why you I wasn't, ex- mm. I wasn't expecting to get attacked. I thought they'd leave me alone. Yeah, well, we're talk- talking that one. Yeah, I did... Um, 
I've been doing I've been doing similar. I've been going to to war zones for the last uh, week or so to to help our friends at the Paladin Consortium. I thought I'll start with the space stuff and take the Anaconda out to some space combat zones. And they keep sending these war correspondents. Now, there's a, this is a coincidence because whenever they send war correspondents, the mission pops up. Stop them escaping. So, of course, right. in my anaconda, I go and find the war correspondents and uh, send them to the rebuy screen a few times. <laughs> so maybe, yeah. you know, they just mistook you for one of these war correspondents that appears in combat zones, mm. just Nothing. on foot yeah. in space. But then, then they send the special <laughs> ops, these these spec ops ships after you, which are, um, they hit like a truck, those things. Has anybody else come up against those spec ops in war zones yet? No, I avoid war zones unless it's necessary. Well, basically, do they have them on... Are they on ground as well as in in CZs? Um, no, well, there are some spec ops that drop in from security personnel if you attack a base that right, you're not supposed okay, to. Yeah, but, um, yeah I've had, I get them all the time in CZ. Yeah, and they, they, they turn up and they tend to make a mess of things, really. They, they cause a bit Engineered of trouble. Engineered vultures and... God, yeah, yeah they and they take pretty, an age to kill and they've all got the shield cell... And they don't like, count towards your missions, that's the thing as well. Because you know, it's you just want go, me to kill how many of them? Yes. So you're trying to kill eighty ships, and then then four of these um, super special things. Who's it? Somebody, somebody's having a, a battle with a microphone here as well. Anyway, um, yeah, I've been doing that one, and then I went decided to go on foot, and um, which I'm actually finding quite oh, calm compared to the, the space he says. As you say, Flossie, you park yourself on top of a building. You whop out your big thing, and um, then people fall over laughing. Um, this, have a rest. This, yeah. this Reggie Prince, who I took a photo of, was the one who killed me. Reggie Prince, you're on the list. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and but, then um, Forster. Yeah, so I, I, I've been doing that. I managed to find a combat zone that was on the day side of the planet, which is uh, the, the last, I don't know how many I've done, I've all been on the dark side, but this, this was a, a day side one. So I thought, uh, well, I, I've taken to switching my shield off for as long as possible to save battery because I, I really can't be bothered to jump off the roof to the battery down below and so I, I just sort of turn my shield off and crouch behind something with a rocket launcher and, and let them have it a few times um, <laughs> which is a good fun the rocket launcher um, yeah double tap with the rocket launcher sends them flying on low gravity planets as well Wee! you know <laughs> we, we call that camping it, it, it is camping, except when they start yeah. throwing the grenades up to the roof. They, they throw the, um, what do you call it, the, the EMP grenades up on the roof, so you have to turn your shield off if it is on, so the grenade goes mm. off, and then you turn your shield back on again and go, nah, 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 at them. You know, that didn't do anything. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the, the, uh, those combat zones are quite good. Unfortunately, I've not found yet any missions for combat zones on foot, so you get the ones for space, you know, these, what, what do you call them, go and attack all their ships, but I've not found mm. any of the ones for uh, on-foot combat zones yet, so uh, it's been bound right. to say. But it pays well, doesn't it? It's about 7 million credits a, a I believe zone. so. I've yeah. no idea. <laughs> Anyway, so I'll be, I'll be doing a little bit of that, and as I'm helping out in LFT 37, I've went to visit Big Papa's base over in Andrimi, which is, if you've not been there, is one of these asteroid bases in a ring, and it's one of the more spectacular you know, space stations you can visit, um, because it is you know right inside the hollowed-out asteroid in, in a ring, and um, the way the planet is, also, it, it's very picturesque where you are there. Um, but it's uh, yeah. If you've not been to see Big Papa's base over in Andreamy, um, it is well worth popping across there to to go and have a look. Other than that, yeah, it's just sort of been um, war, war, bit more war, bit more war against the EGU, um, and trying to stop them winning anything. Which they they don't seem to be trying very hard to win anything. They're just causing. What is it good for? 
Absolutely nothing. Well, it's actually good for ranking. Well, credits, apparently. Credits and ranking, yes. Yeah. I also had a surprise. I got an email message from my um, NPC hired co-pilot. I hadn't realised he wasn't elite, and he was jumping around. He had his sweater over his head and running around the room because, yeah, finally, he, have, he, he went from deadly. You, I thought he was on 100% deadly, and he'd staff. been there for ages. Yeah, I have stuff. Uh, 100% <laughs> deadly for ages and ages and ages. I thought, well, maybe it's sort of glitch, and he just doesn't get to be I elite. I that feeling. Yeah. And it was just sitting there for, I don't know, a year now on 100% deadly, and then all of a sudden during the latest war, it popped over, and he said he was elite. Uh, happens to the best of us. Yes. Or worst. Or yeah, but he's getting quite good at flying that little Taipan, I have to say. The twin beam Taipan and he are, are good friends. Um, he he's does like a make a mess of people with that one. So, um, yeah, so that, that's sort of the war side of things. Now, this emergency over at Hutton. Um, Mia. Yeah. I mean, yes. it's what, six and a bit years since the... Hutton I wasn't there for the start of it. I think I came in just after it, actually. But yeah, it was a, it was a while ago. Yeah. So it's taken a long time. I mean, I was trying to do the maths on this one because it's obviously not point two two light years. Mm-hmm. They're obviously not flying in frameshift themselves, no. which you know means they're doing a significant. They've been accelerated to a significant fraction of the speed of light in order to get there. In uh, you wouldn't the want to try and catch it with your hands. Put it that way. Yeah. Well, no, you, you wouldn't. It'd make a mess of those as well. But yeah, so you see these little wakes that ships leave as they're in supercruise seem yes. to be creating like a, a current heading yes, between... A cu- that's, a, that's a good word for it, a current, yeah. Yeah, a current between the drop-in point and, and uh, Proxima Centauri. And of course, these things are all being slowly accelerated. Because that, that, that's how they're looking at getting to Alpha Centauri, or they were back in the 21st century, was yeah. um, not accelerate really hard, just do a little bit of acceleration Gradual over a long acceleration. period of time. And I suppose as they come into the gravity field for Eden and Proxima Centauri, that's going to pull them as well, isn't it? It's yeah, it'll, it'll them curve them in towards the station and all the ships, you know, dropping out. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it, it could make a horrible mess. Yeah. I mean, which, is probably... why, which is why we're going to hide in the back of Eden. Now, it, it, have you got a mad set of drummers under the desk there? No. Somebody's got a mad set of drummers under the desk. Yeah, I knew it. Yeah. Somebody's playing the war bongo drums. Either that or it's the hammering Some, on the outside of the station. Somebody's wobbling their leg. Yeah. I can't, I can't get bongos. Oh, no, definitely table. some bongos coming from... So either that or it's all that scrap hammering the outside Wait, of the station. Hang, yeah, maybe. Hang on, hang on. I'm going to mute myself and see if it's me doing the bongos. Yes, it's you. Yes, it was you. Yes. Yeah, oh, crap. Definitely. <laughs> no, anyway. No, no, there no. Are, no I, there I, are I, no bongos. No, you, you had the perfect get out there. You could explain the war, it was... Maybe the war drums. The first bit of space scrap hitting the orbital. Yeah. Yeah. It's, the first, war drums. it's definitely but, not the first but, uh, piece of space scrap to hit the orbital. You know that yourself. I mean, we <laughs> could try and get prismatic shields for the orbital. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They, they might help. The trouble is, no getting the free Bentos pythons to replace the hull plates. Yeah, come on. We we can't even manage to keep a light bulb on. Or a big space mm-hmm. hoover. Yeah. Or no, we could we could do it a bit like we could do a bit like curling. We could throw things at it. And then brush ahead. And then brush ahead with you know, a fleet yeah. carrier or something, sweeping Smooth the, the way. Space out ahead Absolutely. of it, yeah. And then maybe sort of see if we can knock them over to one side. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, could do. I, I'm yeah, I'm addicted to the curling right. from the Olympics and the the, the, um, <laughs> the Winter Olympics. Yes. Did we, did we win anything in curling? No, we we did. We 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 won the semi final, which means uh, Team GB are in the final. Woo! We we um, the night shift got a thorough drubbing earlier. Oh dear. Yeah. So the night shift lost. Is him. that is that northern night shift or central night shift? 
Oh, that, that, that's the, the middle night shift. The, the ones with stars and stripes on them. Oh, those and, ones. And, and, oh, bad, and they... bad mullets. Um. Yeah. Anyway, they, they got a thorough drubbing earlier because they, 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 they might be related to the EGU. They attempted to score zero on every round in four rounds of the four ends of the curling. So maybe they're related to the EGU. <laughs> they almost succeeded. <laughs> yes, they almost succeeded in scoring zero in everything. Um, I, I understand it was deliberate. Um, so yeah, there, there, there was that, and then Avic and Sirius. Yeah, well, the infrastructure failure is going to have a bit of a damaging effect on us, isn't it, chicks? Mm, need to get some some fleet carriers there because you um, can't do anything with... positive during infrastructure failure. So the only but, way is down. Well, you can make a ton of money if you sell uh, sell the right goods. Um, yeah, water take a Type Nine and uh... power dinner. Well, take a fleet carrier and a Type Nine, mm. or one of those mm. you know space dildos, whatever they call the the one you have to get ranked uh, the... to get. I mean, why is 085714, it's... Well, I'm trying to remember how far Yamazaki Landing is. It's probably about 1,000 light seconds, something like that. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's mm. 2,000, something like that. Wait, is that... Um, uh, that's not Alvin, is it? No, 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 in Wise. Oh, in um, Wise. Oh, yeah. I'm going to talk while I click on it to find I out think, how well, far that's right. out... Well, just while the, you're doing that, the, the, the Happy Moon Monkey says, surely the scrap heading to Hutton is what the mugs are made from. Yeah, only the bits we can catch. Yeah, only the bits we actually bring here in a spaceship. The The other stuff is going to be a a storm of sharp... Yeah, the ones that are doing sort of a quarter of a million metres per second uh, straight towards the orbital, we can't really catch those and turn them into mugs because uh, we haven't got anything strong enough. And it has to be the drive plates as well, which is about the only solid bit. I mean, Mm. the holes are just paper thin, so... We could, though... don't get much material out of those. Here's an idea. If we get one of those uh, tourist belugas... And we trail a big magnet at the back of it. That might pull. We might be able to pull the scrap really off close with that. Yeah, but you might yeah. catch passing ships. Then there's some, you know, Commander yeah, Hardy trying to beat Commander insane. Hardy's time, and all of a sudden, donk! You know, yeah, there, donk. there goes. Yeah, the, you're stuck to the back of a beluga after an hour and twenty minutes of flying. Yes. Well, I mean, if you don't want to use a beluga, you can always use a red planet taxi. Or Velcro. I mean, I know that will keep will keep the haulers off the medium pad anyway. Yeah, we could use Velcro, I suppose. Or, Velcro. as the Happy Moon Monkey says, maybe just a big net, but once again, it's got holes in it, and that's that's never going to work. Um, mm-hmm. And then, anyway, um, Amelia. Yes. Do we, we have a return of the uh, the rares again this week? We do, indeed. Am I just this but, one? But I'm, I'm not, not going to give away anything. Can't be, I've seen what it is you've been trying. You sent back the pictures. This cannot be dangerous. <laughs> this is the most ordinary, <laughs> common or garden, boring... You know, uh, boring, flavourless, colourless. Flavourless, yeah. Exactly. The most ordinary thing in the galaxy. There is no way Completely on this earth you can get into trouble. Utterly ordinary. Yes. Yeah. I, There's I no think, way I could ever get into trouble. I think and they're, they're the ones that you need to be most careful of because they're the ones that surprise you. Mm. Um, there's I a think- co- Oh, the gauntlet's been thrown. I think that's a challenge, Amelia. Yeah, we're talking gauntlets. <laughs> there's a note, that a note on my screen here um, about early astronomy four. Um, Chicks, was that yeah, you? Did, yeah. Did you see that? There was a system in there called Perseus OB one. No. Perseus OB one. Some guy who goes around cutting off the heads of gorgons with a lightsaber. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hey. Oh, no, that's not a lightsaber, that's a Wookiee. No, it isn't. <laughs> that's my suggestion. Yeah, um, right, OK, well, do we have anything else to add to the bantery bit before we move along? 
Oh, there's a suggestion that actually that noise was Palantir banging on the closet that we locked him in before the show. <laughs> no, that isn't it either. No, no, because that's when a thing. Coming well frozen, no? Yeah. I, I probably, uh, I'm pretty sure it's one of our sandwiches trying to escape from the fridge, though. We I left them in there a little long. I think possibly somebody's forgotten to mention the magic word that ends the banter. Ooh. You mean um, Ardvark? Ardvark! No. Ardvark! <laughs> it works. <laughs> <laughs> It's Flossy, it's Flossy, and the Community Goals. Hello, Flossy here with this week's Community Goals News. Last week's CGs, the Colonia Bridge Project Phase 4, Week 1. Both CGs... Past Tier 2, which means that all six starports on the Colonia Bridge will have universal cartographics and Vista Genomics enabled. New CGs for 17th of February. Colonia Bridge Project Phase 4, Week 2, Valco and Colonia. Brewer Corporation has requested a new batch of deliveries to the Alcor and Colonia systems. The Colonia Bridge is comprised of 56 stationary megaships and 6 starports, providing facilities to travellers between the core systems and the Colonia region. However, the starports are still in state of construction. The Megacorp outlined its latest requirements in a press release. Phase 4 of the Colonia Bridge project launched with a highly satisfactory first week. Shipments of coffee, emergency power cells, geological equipment and liquid oxygen arrived in sufficient numbers to ensure universal cartographics and genomic services were added to all six starports. The goal of the second week is to continue assembling the station's infrastructure and install Piner's supplies, crew lounge and search and rescue services. To achieve this, performance enhancers, personal weapons and survival equipment are needed in large quantities. Pilots are asked to provide these at McDonald's settlement in the Alcor system uh, or Jack station in the Colony system. As well as guaranteeing generous reimbursement to all contributors, Brewer Corporation is pleased to offer warm white cockpit lights as an additional token of gratitude. The third and fourth weeks of the project's final phase will focus on adding further services on the Colonial Bridge Starports to accommodate all pilot professions. Each tier reached will enable Brewer Corporation to establish a further service to five starports branching out from Alcor and the first station out from Colonia as follows. Tier 1, Pioneer Supplies. Tier 2, Crew Lounge and Search and Rescue. Part 2 of the four-week campaign begins on 17th of February and will run for one week. And to earn rewards, you must sign up as an active participant before delivering performance enhancers, personal weapons and survival equipment to McDonald's settlement in the Alcor system or Jack Station in the Colonia system. Now 
the one we've all been waiting for since last week. Take up arms against Darkwater Inc. Darkwater Inc. in the Summerland system has been declared as a hostile military target for its role in abducting Emperor Arissa Lavigny Duval. The private military firm, led by Colonel Ronan Brock, was secretly hired by the Lords of Restoration to train and equip the NMLA. Darkwater troops are kept, also kept the Emperor imprisoned in a concealed bunker for over a year. Once their involvement was revealed by ACT, Darkwater's forces regrouped around the megaship Pearl Mandate. Colonel Brock led an attempt to gain control of Summerland as a defensive measure, but was unsuccessful. The mercenaries have now been branded as wanted criminals by the system authorities. The order to strike against Darkwater came directly from Emperor Arissa. I call upon my loyal servants and all other warriors of honour to wipe out this nest of traitors. We remember the innocent victims of the NLMA by punishing those who enabled them. The Summerland Patrons Party will redeem combat bonds for destroyed Darkwater ships at the starport Henry O'Hare's hangar. Although the Summerland system is typically permit blocks, the Empire has arranged a total exemption for independent pilots for a three-week period. To guarantee that Darkwater is thoroughly eliminated, the Empire is offering a range of incentives to pilots. Should the initiative be successful, various discounts will be made available at Henry O'Hare's hangar. Tier 1 will bring a 10% permanent discount on Imperial ships only. Tier 2, 15% temporary discount on Imperial ships and the Imperial Hammer module. Tier 3, 20% temporary discount on Imperial ships and the Imperial Wall Hammer module. Tier 4, 25% temporary discount on Imperial ships and the Imperial Hammer module. Tier 5, 30% temporary discount on Imperial ships and the Imperial Hammer module. The temporary discounts will last until 11th of March 3308. The top 75% of participants will be elevated to the rank of Master in the Imperial Navy Auxiliary. They will also receive Arissa Lavigny Duval's Power Player decal as an additional thanks. The top 25% of participants will additionally receive a permanent permit for the Summerland system as well as a special Empire Combat Zone decal. The top 10 participants will be granted an Imperial Hammer for their service. The Empire has declared its intention to wipe out the Dark Quarter Inc. faction by the 24th of February 3308. To be eligible for rewards, you must sign up <coughs> as an active participant before handing in combat bonds at Henry O'Hare's hangar in the Summerland system. <coughs> Excuse me. And that's it for this week's CG News. <coughs> Thank you, Flossie. Are you okay? Who has this wrong way, I think? Oh, sorry about that. Good, good. Well, normally in this segment, I have a little 
paragraph or so of script to read. Um, but this week I've just got four words. Introduce Beetlejude and Wotherspoon. So I guess without further ado, we are over to the master and mistress of the Galnet Waves, Commanders Beetlespoon and Wotherspoon. No, 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 wait, wait. I did that wrong, didn't I? See, this is why we script things. Mics are clear. You were right, Flossie. Galnet News Digest, 17th of February, 3308. We read the news so you don't have to. This week, the Emperor speaks out. The President plans to extend his term, and we visit the luckiest starport. The Emperor has spoken, and she says her enemies will have nowhere to hide. Arissa Lavinia Duval made her proclamation from a balcony overlooking a crowd of several million citizens filling Truscan Square and the surrounding streets. Her pronouncements were carried on all Imperial Holovid channels. The Emperor thanked those who had kept the Empire running during her year-long absence, including the presumably somewhat short-sighted Chancellor Blaine, who had failed to notice her absence. Subsequent announcements by the Imperial Palace also thanked Act and Princess Ashling for their work to establish the truth and to find the missing Emperor. But Emperor Orissa had a stern warning for those responsible for the assassination of members of the Imperial family, for kidnapping the Emperor, for impersonating officers of the Empire, and for the murder of thousands of innocent citizens who were killed in the bombing of the seven Imperial starports. She promised that they would find nowhere to hide from her wrath and from the wrath of the Empire. Several prominent senators, a number of those in Imperial Intelligence, and everyone working for Darkwater Incorporated in Summerland are presumably cancelling their plans for the next week or so, in anticipation of the forthcoming vengeance. Two former presidents have spoken out to condemn President Hudson's plan to remove the eight-year limit on his term of office, branding it unconstitutional and suggesting that it might be the first step down the road from democracy to dictatorship. Like Alliance Prime Minister Mahan, the federal president has an important role in the power play of the inhabited bubble and it seems that many of his supporters would be reluctant to see him replaced by a new president. The Hudson Contravention, a proposal to temporarily suspend the 77th Amendment to the Federal Accord to allow Hudson to serve past 3309, is highly controversial, not least because of how divisive a leader Hudson has proved to be. He claims the Proactive Detection Bureau as a success, but it was the way Hudson handled the PDB that led to 3307 being the first year in living memory that the Federation shrunk in size. The intervention by former Presidents Antonia Mason and Jasmina Halsey strengthened Shadow President Felicia Winter's hand to put forward a vote of no confidence in Hudson. Madison became President in 3264 after a vote of no confidence was passed against President Eugene Cooper. With President Hudson's historically poor poll ratings and his divisive proposal to set aside the Constitution, Winters may have a good opportunity 
to repeat Madison's success. These people in the bar at Bentham Station in HIP 12314 may not be the happiest looking pilots in the galaxy. They look a little bored, don't they? But they're far luckier than they realise. Like the Nauni and Dan systems, HIP 12314 was invaded by Thargoids, but unlike the Beaufoy Vision and Gunport Starports in those systems, Bentham Station somehow inexplicably avoided being attacked by the Thargoids. Compare this exterior shot of Bentham Station with this one of Beaufoy Vision. See the difference? Here's what Bentham Station looks like inside. And this is Beaufoy Vision. There's a noticeable difference, isn't there? Why is it that the Thargoids chose to spare Bentham Station? Was it because they found the name of the controlling faction, House of the Rising Cern, witty? We can only speculate. Vox Galactica has published an opinion piece suggesting that the attacks on the three systems are retaliation for Salvation's deployment of his superweapon in three systems in the Pleiades in December. That the Thargoids have moved into the bubble suggests an escalation of the conflict. The question facing humanity is whether we dare risk escalating matters still further by allowing Salvation to use his superweapon again. Perhaps the bored pilots of Bentham Station might have an opinion. And that's this week's Galnet News. Galnet News, we read the news so you don't have to. Commander's beetle jute and what a spoon. Now it's time for the missing words round. Uh, um, I mean the Hutton Helper results with mere Harkness. <laughs> Seamless. <laughs> Seamless. Seamless. Do you want me just to do you want me just to go into it and not bother with the music? Okay, okay. I wonder what I'm getting this time. Yay! Oh. So far, so good. Welcome to the Blank Helper Results. The Blank Helper Results are sponsored by the Blank Helper, the only third-party resource to come with the Southwestern Waterproofs, with warning, Commander in big yellow raincoat written on the back. This week we have the following events. The Alvin, I don't think we're in blank anymore, shield. The Flying Monkey Delivery Service, Cup Winners Cup. The Trampoline, oh my god, Trampoline Challenge. The Inside Out Umbrella Deja Vu Trophy The Trapping a House on That Enemy Champion of Champions Championship 
and the high-sided vehicle extravaganza. So, batten down the hatches, hold on to your roof, and if you're looking for your trees, they're in Norway. This week's blank helper results are Mark Santius covered 69,000 light years for distance travelled, Border Riva sold 138,000 tonnes of goodies to come first in cargo sold. Top mission runner is Conrad with Silent H, who managed to record a score of 272 mission points. Alex Uno, again, 1,111,111,111 credits of bounty vouchers, handed in. Mad Seeker handed in 1,665,000,000 credits of combat bonds. And Vincent De Luca delivered 3,766 passengers, more or less intact, to more or less where they wanted to go. So that's decals for Border Reaver, Conrad, Vincent De Luca, Mustafa Beer, or Mustafa Beer, and Exhaler. Please email i2part at hutterorbital.com and arrange to collect a your hutton decal kit or a suitable, which this week consists of a template, some glue, some glitter and an open window. There are no blank runs this week. Maybe the commanders were blown off course by blustery solar winds. If you are heading out though, we need some prescriptions picked up. So, performance enhancers for Harry. Norma needs blister cream for a trigger finger. Rudolph needs throat lozenges. There's no rush on that one. Amelia needs those little pills that let you stay awake for two weeks straight. You know, the ones that stop you blinking. Juan has asked for as much moustache growth hormone as you can lay your hands on. And I need a new pair of prescription stilts. Oh, and no sugar-free lollies or gummy bears this time. Floor mopping guy just got the studio cleaned up after the last lot and the magic trees he put up have all wilted. So, after all that, you'll probably want to get it outside in the fresh air, even if it is travelling at 300 kilometres an hour and scouring the paint off your suit. You're probably looking for something to do while you're outside, and I have just a thing. Just go to hot.furthermog.com and download or sign up for the delicious new Black Helper available in three mouth-watering flavours. Let's face it, anything has to be better than going outside with your space umbrella and get Mary Poppins across to the next settlement, only to discover that you don't have your Apex Fair home and have to trudge through the barren wastelands with only an inside-out umbrella for company. Anyway, that's it for me this week. Back to Studio 5. Thank you, Mayor. And now we go over to Amelia Hawk for the Gallet Res Digest. Good evening. This is Amelia Hawk reporting for the Galnet Rares Digest. We try all the galaxy's rarest and most dangerous commodities. So you don't have to. Some rares out there in the galaxy are prized for their colour, or their scent, or for being just so damned useful. Some are valued for their chemical composition, and yet more for just being one of the season's must-have things for the uber-rich. Then, of course, there are the ethical products. Those items raved about by eco-warriors, vegans and new age hippies. 
the kinds of products that don't harm anything when being made. If they were films, they'd have a notice at the end saying no creatures were har harmed in the production of this rare item. Ethical consumerism has waxed and waned over the centuries. When isolated on Earth, humanity developed regular fads for things that wouldn't kill the planet, then come up with some new technology that would mean for a short time it wouldn't, then inevitably discover that actually what they thought was a good idea needed some newer technology to stop the old technology destroying everything. With extraterrestrial travel, the discovery of quite literally millions of inhabitable worlds and of course the ability to terraform others, ethical consumerism rather went out the window. There's so much out there and with only a few little bits full of irritating humanity destroying civilizations, we've just helped ourselves with wild abandon. Sure, in the knowledge that by the time we've used it all up, we'll have invented the galactic hyperdrive and can all bugger off to Andromeda and start using all of that up as well. That said, there are still a few people that like their food pesticide free. They're plastics not to end up in the oceans. They're the carcinogens sprayed on the super non-stick walks to quite simply not be there, despite cancer having been curable since the late 2800s. It's these people who surround me here in the Jurura system. And as of yet, the rare item that they queue for has absolutely no downside. Jurua rice. It's just rice. Ordinary, common or garden variety rice. There's nothing special about its flavour. It isn't a funny colour. It's not even that valuable. It's pretty good in a stir fry if you add some flavour. However, travelling from the station down to the planet to see how it's grown and harvested, I've had to board a specially modified beluga, a zero emissions ship that gives off no pollutants. Landing near the paddy fields and looking out over the beluga's windows, I can see the vast expanses of the fields. Our luggage is searched for biological contaminants. We have to take special showers to remove all traces of chemicals and um, wear hairnets. This rice is the cleanest rice in the galaxy. No pesticides, no contaminants, no bleaching or preservatives. Just pure, clean, ethically produced and rather boring, rice. When discovered, the planet had the ideal climate for growing rice, with just the right amount of water, just the right soil, and just the right weather. What's more, a local species of fish was discovered that removes the need for pesticides and treatments. It's a natural cleaner, swimming around the paddy fields, keeping the rice plants as clean as clean can be, and digesting any contaminants. The settlers designed some automated robotic helpers made from hermetically sealed surgical grade steel and about as inert as it possibly to be. Their power sources are shielded so they don't give off any radiation and they work without the aid of any hydraulics for fear of a leak. The robotic helpers tend the paddy fields, helping remove anything the fish miss, planting, caring for and harvesting the rice. They're programmed to understand that the fish are friends and can keep on swimming as long as they like. But any foreign bodies, 
they remove them to waiting garbage ships. Watching these machines work, you can almost ascribe tender feelings to them as they very, very carefully stride over the paddy fields on long legs, tentacle-like articulated arms reaching down every now and then, and to gently pluck something out of the water and pop it in the wicker woven bag on their backs. They never seem to hurry. Whilst watching the machines do their work, I've settled down to lunch, which unsurprisingly is a bowl of rice with a few vegetables, handed to me by some chap in a caftan and sandals. He smells a little of coconut, lavender and, um, and hemp. The bamboo veranda I'm sitting on is just by one of the fields. Everything is homely here, and I can see the attraction of eating food that's untouched by human hands. Of course, as I said, oh, it's boring. Look, don't tell anyone, but I've brought a bottle of my favourite hot sauce with me to pep things up a little. Okay, so it's it's a highly processed Ochoing chili mix that I love with my rice. Smuggled it past the scanners. It can't hurt, can it? Oh, there's a chap waving at me. Hello. Yes, lovely to see you too. I love what you've done with your beard. Did you plait it yourself? It looks so clean. How did you manage to keep it like that without soap? Okay, he's switching from waving to gesticulating. I've got no idea what he's saying. He's pointing behind me. What's that splashing around and worrying? Oh, it's, it's one of the robots. It's popped over to say hi. What's that? I'm not a fish. I, I know I'm not a fish. What do you mean only fish are allowed to touch contaminants? Uh, oh, well, it, it looks like whoever programmed these robots told them that only the fish were allowed to handle things that weren't supposed to be here. And here's me with a hot sauce all down my front. It's okay, I'll just clean this up. Wait, no, wait a second, help! The robot's grabbing for me. No, you can't stuff me in your basket, you lunatic silicon paddy waiter! This is Amelia Hawke reporting for the Galnet Rares Digest, covered in hot sauce and running from a robot that's trying to stuff me in its wicker basket and throw me in the trash compactor. So you don't have to. It'll be a breeze, you said. Yeah, I don't Innocuous, know how you, you said. Do it. Boring, I mean, positively boring. It's rice. I mean, short of, I don't know, eating four-day-old rice you've left out on the side after one of those takeaways, I have no idea how you managed to make rice dangerous. <laughs> or you throw it at somebody, it just makes them a bit sticky. You know, it's all wet rice. I mean, maybe you could scald yourself over, you know, the, the the rice steamer if you were. But I mean, somehow, I mean, you're like a danger magnet. That should be your middle name, Amelia Danger <laughs> Magnet Hawk. <laughs> Amelia Danger Magnet. That does have a ring to it. <laughs> Amelia Danger Magnet. Yeah. I mean, 
I, I, I did beg his belief. It really does. I mean, they only charge 300 credits for a, for a ton of this stuff. So it's not exactly going to break the bank. But um, Yeah, it's not going to break the bank. But I mean, I, I don't, you know, it's it's 300 credits is still more expensive than standard rice. Well, that's the price you have to pay for you know, ethically sourced goods these days. You know, all of the free from range, free from flavour. it's just and, rice. It is just, I mean, how can you sell just rice as a rare item? But then again, you know, maybe maybe caftan wearing plaited beard, smelling of lavender, hemp and coconut. He did smell kind of, nice. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> Guys like that have a high disposable income and want to buy really expensive rice that nobody's, you know, making. Well, he can afford it at 300 credits a bowl. Crikey. Well, I mean, obviously that ever so slightly fishy fishy taste from the little fish that swim around in the paddy fields. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I get the idea of not wanting to use pesticides, but, the, you know, I mean, the modern technology is such that basically humanity can be as bad as it likes and just always oh, a machine that fixes it. Yeah. Well, that's where we've got, apart from Thargoids, where, well, unless you're talking about super weapons, and then it doesn't but fix it. But it. it's what we've always done. Yeah. You just, oh, well, you know, well, we, we need to spray stuff. Let, let's put some things in the cans that destroy the ozone layer. Oh, well, let, you know, oh, my goodness. I mean, we don't make it easy, do we? Never. Especially never, not for me. Never a dull moment. <laughs> and the Galnet Rares Digest. <laughs> so, I mean, we're going to go with something ordinary. I mean, something next week. I don't know, paper. No, you can get paper cut from paper. We've got to find a rare that's, <laughs> you know... A brick? No, can't. I can't have a brick. Amelia would probably. I don't know what you do with a blamange. 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 You can choke on blamange. Oh, can you? Oh, bollocks. Yeah, uh, or you'd be allergic to it, or it could it could come alive and roll ooh, down the streets ooh, trying ooh. to envelop people air. or something. You know what? Air. Some air kind of, is full of contaminants. Real air. You know, from the moment you're born, it's trying to kill you. Yeah, Perrier. Yeah. Isn't that from uh, Spaceballs, the Perrier? Yeah. Yes. Spaceballs, the Perrier. Yes. Merchandising, merchandising, merchandising. I mean, we've got to find something that Amelia's going to find completely not dangerous. I mean, Flossie, <laughs> what's the least dangerous thing near you at the moment? Well, it would be Flossie, wouldn't it? Or Robbie. <laughs> no, I don't. don't. <laughs> it's that pan, isn't it? It's a pan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Least dangerous thing near me? Um... I don't know. Uh, the keyboard? <laughs> no, I've seen what you do with that keyboard when people upset you. <laughs> Keys go everywhere, you know? It's the whole alphabet of flying bits of plastic and sharp I've, corners. and yeah. I've got a cushion on my chair. Oh, smothering people, or you can use it as a silencer oh. for a gun. Yeah, I mean, I've got to find something that... Oh. I mean, I um, Phone, mouse, keyboard, blanket. <laughs> flag of Djibouti, uh, banker's lamp. What's lamb. a Djibouti? The flag of Djibouti. What's a Djibouti? It's a country. It's a it's place. A, yeah. It's a place in Africa. Oh, okay. Right, okay. It's a flag of a country. Yes, with a, a population of approximately 920,000. Ah, uh, oh, no, it's gone up a bit. They've been busy. 988,000 and no. two. And two yeah. people. Yeah. They must have had a power cut and the telly's gone off or something. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. So. But uh, East Africa somewhere, isn't it? Eritrea yes. kind of direction. I ended up. I ended up. Um, it was uh, there was a question identifying the flag in the Friday quiz, um, <laughs> yeah. and I went, "Oh, that's a beauty!" And I get into trouble green, for, it? for uh, it's green at the bottom yeah. and white in the middle and blue at the top it's, with a red star and the white bit. It's only good if it's trying to direct you right. Yeah, but what happened hmm. was I said, "Oh, that's a beauty," and Cow started shouting, "You've given away the answer! You've given away the answer!" 
But I get marked down points for giving away the answer, but not getting it right myself. Well, it's it's one of those wonderful places where where the capital of Djibouti is Djibouti. So you, yes, you can live in city, yeah. you can live in Djibouti, ah, Djibouti. I see. Yes, <laughs> a, I love that word. And I, I suppose, yeah. I I love suppose its name. if you oh, get the right international dialing code, you could have a Djibouti call. The... <laughs> it's fun to say. Wait till you see the spell, and it starts with a D. Hmm. Okay, that makes it even better. It's, it's, yeah. a, silent, it's oh, a silent D. Yes. It's D J I B O U. I think it's one T, possibly two T's, and an I at the end. It's fantastic. <laughs> and it's a republic. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes, republic. Yeah. Um, well, I'm just reading Enough up on Djibouti. Djibouti. <laughs> I, I wonder. <laughs> I was. I was actually just um, looking up whether it was immortalised in the galaxy anywhere. You know. Um, oh, that's a good idea. I never thought of that. No, but though mm. Djibouti does not exist anywhere other than planet Earth. I'm just just double checking. Uh, any planets named after it? Yeah. Uh, lots not of if DJs. Any competitions. Anything? We got? We've got Jabal and Jabara and J- no no Djiboutis. No Djiboutis. Uh, any stations? No. It looks like the only place you can find. Djibouti, Djibouti is in Djibouti. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> mm. Underloved, I think. Yeah, I know. We should mm. petition. I would, I would, sadly, I've already named my fleet carrier Glasgow Central, or I would have because there was no Glasgow's. <laughs> there was no Glasgow's in in the game either. There's no Glasgow's. So, there's no Glasgow's. No. There no. are twelve uh, player-owned assets that have Glasgow in the title, and nothing else. Well, that is a major oversight. Yeah, it is, isn't it? Yeah. So I called my fleet carrier. Yeah, oh no. Um, well, I called my fleet carrier Glasgow Central and parked it in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> oh well. But uh, well, we, the Gordon Street Coffee House. Yes. So, okay. Oh no, we had a suggestion come through. Something that's not dangerous. How about salmon mousse? Well, yeah, food poisoning. Food poisoning, or if you you know, didn't get all the bones you out. You know, you I suppose, yeah. Yeah. and you can choke on it. You can yeah. choke on pretty much anything. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> salmon's probably okay, but no, the moose. You know, well, unless they're sort of giant, quite dangerous, yeah, man-eating foreign tails and running about your kitchen. You can't have that. Big horns. Yeah. Oh yeah, and fire breathing, spilling stuff in the fridge. Yeah, <clears throat> definitely fire breathing salmon or something. You very aggressive. With. Yes. Yeah, they'll take your whole arm off if you're not careful, particularly those Scottish ones. Yeah. <laughs> I have said that a moose, a moose can break your arm with its antlers. Or I its thought feet, that was a goose. No, not a goose. No, that's a. You're thinking of swans. Oh, right. I thought that was a myth. Swans are a myth. No, it's no, something no, that's no. loose about moose. <laughs> All right. Well, anyway, on on that sort of uh, nonsense note, um, <laughs> we're getting towards what the end. Have you have you seen the chat? <laughs> no. Sardines are in tins. No. It's, it's just of fishy puns. Fishy, fishy gags. Yeah. Apparently, yeah, yeah. we're we're dolphiny off topic. Oh no. Uh, is there right, any purpose um, to this? Commander Nick Shepherd's asked for a finishing swear word. No, oh, well, the finishing swear, swear word is at the is at the end of the show. Is at the after end, the song, yes. you see. But just in case you missed that, bollocks. <laughs> yeah, that too. Um, you meant pollocks. No, no, oh. pollocks. Yes, bollocks. <laughs> pollocks is really Castor's, Castor's brother. I'll take your word for it. Yes. 
<laughs> twins. <laughs> right, look, we better escape now, but I think the fumes are getting to us all. Um, does anybody... <laughs> I'm before sorry, but that, that was my fault. The, the I, shouldn't have, I shouldn't have had the egg. <laughs> before the end bit, does anybody have anything else to add? Other than same time, same place next week, and you can bet your bottom dollar we'll be Ooh, saying rude things cool. about the EGU again. Just the one yeah, thing, if you're already... Robbie's birthday next week, so Hel- Helen's for go, go for it. Are you are you going out for Robbie's birthday next week? I don't know what we're doing. Are you going to have a week off? <laughs> maybe, she had a week off not. earlier. I don't know. A week off. <laughs> yeah, I had a week off, didn't I? Yep. Um, well, if you want to have, a I'll week see. Off, I'll see. I'll see when the time comes. We can always. We can always blow up the inflatable flossy, you know, the stunt flossy <laughs> that we keep under the desk. And for Commander Nick Shepard. <laughs> Bastard! Oh, I can always record stuff, couldn't I? Hmm. You could do Maybe. yes. Send it in like like Wotherspoon and Beetle Beetlespoon or Beetlejuice. Yeah, and, yeah. yeah. Wotherspoon and Beetlespoon. Yeah, but they might yeah. insist you have to make video footage and do all that editing and the hard work. Ooh, yeah. Ooh I can't do that. No, no. You <laughs> might get shot by somebody again. <laughs> yeah. Oh, fuck! Oh, fuck! Pack it in. Hang on, the show. God, no warning. Hell, spells. I didn't expect that. You got a warning about 30 seconds ago. (laughs) Right. The band has started now, everybody. Night, night. Boys and girls. Bye. No journey too long and no cargo too small. The profit margins never really mattered at all. We're gonna take the cargo where it's needed today. Super cruising all across the Milky Way. We'll take anything, anytime, anywhere. Loading up the teen eyes to the brim with grass. Follow my, follow my. Yeah, you know just where we're coming from. Follow my, follow my. Now everybody sing the hot trucker song. Into the sun, swivel like the pilot on the Xbox One. Alvin at the front, you know he leads as well. Trucking across the galaxy, now everybody else.
ladies and gentlemen, that's the end of the show. Everyone's buggered off now, so why don't you bugger off too?